Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Thanks for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom of Journey Church International. This podcast is designed to challenge and inspire you to build a faith that is active in your life. I'm Brandon Reeb, and I have the opportunity of hosting the podcast today and asking Pastor Christian a few questions. Uh, Today, we will be having a conversation about a new series we just launched at JCI entitled Family Strong. And I am sure this will be another series that will have an incredible impact on the lives of many. But Christian, before we uh, jump into your message, I want to ask you, we're just a few days removed from Easter weekend at JCI. I mean, we had an incredible opportunity to see many individuals make spiritual decisions. I'm just curious, Christian, I would love to hear your response on what you're celebrating from this past weekend. Well, Brandon, first, I'm, I'm celebrating that Jesus is alive. And I mean, not on Easter, but every day. When you get to a point in your faith where you really understand Easter, it doesn't happen once a year. It happens every day. So as a Christian, I'm glad that today all the truths of Easter, that God created the world, uh, that when it was corrupted, uh, he threatened to crush it, uh, that the culmination of that promise happened on the cross and that life was recreated at Easter. I'm glad that's real today for me. So as a Christian, I'm just grateful for the truth of Easter and, and what it does. But we had a lot of people uh, who got got a chance to hear who Jesus was and what Jesus did for the very first time at Easter. So I'm celebrating, uh, you know, nearly 175 spiritual decisions that were made and that were acknowledged. Uh, and the people said, hey, I want you to know I said yes to Jesus today. Those who were for the very first time, those who were uh, spiritual recommitments. And then I'm celebrating the stories of people who said, hey, I invited my family. I invited my friend. I invited my neighbor. I invited a coworker. And they said yes to Jesus. I'm seeing Christians in our church who are having a whole new uh, area of their faith awaken because for the very first time they realized I can make a difference in someone else's life. And then I'm hearing just random stories right. of people, you know, who, th- who through a part of the message or who through one of the testimonies that was shared Sunday. said that was my life too. And I was so encouraged uh, by what I saw uh, to keep going in my faith. So I'm excited personally as a Christian. I'm excited as a pastor for new spiritual life and deeper spiritual life. And then I'm just excited for the unknown of what God is doing. It's neat to be on the ride, uh, not knowing the stories, but knowing one day you get a glimpse of things that happen because of Easter. Uh, so I, I just I, I find, find myself really excited and really hopeful about what God is doing in the world as we come out of the Easter holiday. And there's definitely a buzz around here at JCI. So this is a really exciting time to be a part of an incredible ministry. So this week we launch a brand new series on the family. And Christian, I'm wearing a bracelet right now that says Family Strong. And it's a great reminder of what we're about to embark on as a church. So Christian, after living in this area for six years and understanding this community, what inspires you to begin a series on building stronger families? So every series starts in my heart for my life. Uh, So I began to study the Bible and what it had to say about family because I want to be a better husband. Uh, I want to be a better dad and I want to have a great family. Uh, It was only through learning and being inspired personally that I thought like, man, everyone should know this. Others Uh, need to hear it. Yeah. As I've sat 
uh, with friends and family members uh, at my kids' sporting events and my kids' band events and recitals as I've stood on the driveway and sat around fire pits and talked to people. I'm learning that people of faith and people of no faith care a whole lot about having strong families. So as a Christian, if I can help the Christians in our church understand what the scriptures tell us about creating and keeping a strong family, man, that is a win. And if in addition to that, that topic draws some people who don't know Jesus uh, and some people who aren't interested in faith, but they're interested in family, if that draws them in to not just learn about family, but family through the lens of faith where they can maybe begin to meet and understand who Jesus is and what Jesus says about family, that's a double win. So so for us, it's, it's about me personally, and then it's about our church's mission. We exist to see people far from God become passionate Christians who make a difference in the world. I'm convinced after living in this community six years that the people far from God care about strong families. I'm convinced that the Christians who want to be more passionate care about family. And I'm convinced that everyone thinks having a strong family makes a difference in their life and in the world. So for me, it's a personal fit and a mission fit, and I'm really excited about it. And I I think you'd agree too, Christian, that there's no doubt when we build stronger families, it builds a stronger community. When we build stronger families, it builds a stronger church. Oh, there's yeah, no question, no question about it. And it's funny because sometimes uh, parents are bringing their kids so the kids will grow, and sometimes kids are bringing their parents so their parents will grow. But if the family's growing together, we're moving in the right direction. So the title of your message was "Reset Regret," and uh, when I heard that reset, uh, that reset word, it reminded me of my good friend Matt in high school. Um, Tecmo Baseball. Um, I don't know if you remember it. It was on the Nintendo NES. Had a blast playing it. And there would be times where we'd be playing the game and I'd be winning and winning big. And he'd accidentally hit the reset button. You know, like we weren't able to finish the game because he hit the reset button. And there were other times where he would, you know, toss the game console because he was that mad. Uh, listen, um, you taught us three specific strategies as outlined from the life of a man named Jacob on how to press the reset button spiritually in our families. Um, you mentioned that Jacob lived outside of a promised land for 20 years. And and I was just curious, do you have any insight as to what Jacob was doing and how it relates to his spiritual reset? So I didn't play a lot of Nintendo baseball, but I played a lot of Tecmo Bowl Tecmo football. Bowl was another favorite. And mm-hmm. they just would hardly ever let you have an undefeated season. So, you know, I would be the Oakland Raiders with Bo Jackson, who just couldn't be stopped. But every now and then he would get hurt. And if I was playing as the Oakland Raiders and Bo Jackson got hurt, I would reset that game every time because I, I wanted to try to complete the season undefeated and it never happened. So I, yeah, I, I, I get remember. the, I get the reset button. And in our, in our message this week, Jacob needed the reset be, uh, button spiritually. So we said Jacob was the, the son of Isaac. He was the grandson of Abraham, but he had been living outside the promised land and disconnected really from the the God of his promise for a period of 20 years. Uh, he, he got into conflict with his dad. He got into conflict with his brother. His mom sent him away like a mom might send someone away to a boarding school, kind of just to let his brother cool down. But he ended up finding family there. Uh, he ended up getting married there. He ended up having kids there. He ended up starting his adult life. He ended up making 
making some money there. He just got busy living life, Brandon. I mean, to be very honest with you, for 20 years, um, Jacob learned how to be a husband. He learned how to be a father. But really, more than anything, he, he spent that time working, I, I think, with the mindset. Obviously, I haven't talked to him. But when you just look at the narrative, it appears that he was working to find a satisfactory place where he could finally break off and be situated as a family. Uh, and what you realize is, is basically after 20 years of being away from God and working for your family but not being with your family, uh, he thought, man, I've got everything I could have ever imagined but I don't have peace with God and I don't have a good relationship with my family. So he, he called a spiritual time out and he told his family it's time to go home. But it, but when he said it was time to go home, that wasn't just a physical journey. It was a spiritual journey. He was telling his family it's time to reset our priorities. It's time to get back engaged in a healthy family and it's time to find our God and begin living uh, as the family that he called us to be, which is a family that collectively should live to bless the world. He had been living to bless himself so that later he could take care of his family. And in the meantime, he missed time with his family and he did not lead them to bless anybody else. Uh, so, so he said it's time to reset spiritually. And I think a lot of us, we find ourselves in that place, you know, our, our 30 to our thirties to fifties, uh, are the time when, when we get out, when we finally pay off our debt, when we start making money, you know, a lot of people work really, really hard from 35 to 55, 35 to 65. They, they work really, really hard so that one day they can retire and not have to work anymore. What happens is they take the time that they should be spending with their family and they work so that when their family's finally gone, they have time to spend by themselves. I've got a friend who who helps run a major organization in town, uh, and he was just talking to me about the limits of the time that he had to put into his business because he had young kids. And he told me, he said, Christian, you know, I hear everyone say, I can't wait to retire. Uh, I'm going to work hard because I can't wait to retire. And he said, I got to be honest with you. I can't wait to work hard because I have chosen to work as little as I can now while my family's at home, knowing that once they leave, I'm going to have a whole lot more time. I am not going to work so hard while they're here that I don't have time for them only to one day retire when they don't need me anymore. I'm going to give as little time as I can to running this organization. And then when they're gone, I'm, I'm going to work even harder. It's almost like he was living his retired life now doing as little as he could, knowing that when his family leaves, then he can work harder because his main job, his main priority was raising his family, not preparing for retirement. Wow. I feel like I need to leave right now and go spend time with my kids, man. <laughs> Will you allow me to do that? Uh, in about an hour and a half. In your message, you mentioned a few spiritual resetting trends. Um, you just talked about a few trends uh, just a couple seconds ago. You mentioned young marrieds are coming back to church. Young parents are coming back to church. Parents of teens now are coming back to church. How, how does what we just learned about Jacob, whose name was coincidentally later changed to Israel, re relate to this trending we see today? Sure. So w when we started our church, we studied who who's in church, who's not in church. And how do we reach people far from God? And we realize there's two groups of people far from God. There are people far from God who don't know God, who've never known God, who are not in church. And then there are people far from God who spent a lot of their younger years 
in church, connected to Jesus. And then they just got busy and they got away. They were, they were Jacob. They got busy building a career. They got busy starting a family. They just got too busy for God. Uh, and what we learned, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, after 20 years, God allowed Jacob to sense his need for God. But it was through his struggle with man and his struggle with God that he realized, I've got my priorities wrong. Uh, so the, the name Israel literally means one who struggles with God. So God was saying, through your struggles in life, through your struggles with me, you've realized you can't do it without me. And what we see in church, you know, and I said this in the message this week is that at the age of 18, 80% of people who are in church as 18 year olds, they leave the church when they go to college and they don't come back for a while. They don't come back until they're married and their marriage is blown up and they need help. They don't come back until they have young kids and they think, man, my kids will never know who Jesus is if I don't take them to church. They come back when they're teenagers, start drinking alcohol and smoking dope and they're freaked out that they're going to flunk out of school and not get into the college of their choice. They come back uh, as empty nesters because they're worried about their adult children and their grandkids and whether there'll be spiritual legacy. They They come because they've they are struggling in life and they need God. And what we're finding is, listen, once once you've been highly successful, once you've been there and done that, you realize there's more to life. And eventually, if you have any kind of seed of spirituality in you at all, you come back even after success. Uh, and if and if we miss, if we keep trying to get there and do that, but we never do, we we experience so much frustration that it drives us to our knees. But once again, back to a place of dependence on God. So so whether it's a place of dependence that says, I can't do this without God, or whether it's a place of success that says, wow, this isn't all that's cr- that it was cracked up to be, both of those struggles end up eventually leading us back to God and family. And that's the whole thought of this series. And that's the whole thought of the name Israel, that Israel as a person, Jacob, who became Israel, and then Israel as a family, and then Israel as a nation would struggle with God and with man, but they would always reset when they came back to the priorities of faith and family. And that's where we're trying to get in this series. So in your message, Christian, you gave us three specific strategies to perform a spiritual reset in our lives and in the lives of our families. One of those was to get rid of foreign gods. Um, One of my favorite authors is Tim Keller, and he writes um, that a foreign god in our life is anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God does. I'm curious what you would say are the consequences of worshiping or pursuing false gods, especially false gods in our families. Sure. So that quote comes from the book Counterfeit Gods, which I would recommend any listener read. It's an unbelievable book on uncovering the affections in our life and the things in our life that have taken the place and the priority of God because of some type of security they offer usually that we're not even aware of. But here's what happens when when we begin to focus uh, and pursue false gods, we end up in one of two places that are both really, really dangerous spiritually. Uh, First, we end up not needing God. Let's say that my my false god or my place of security is my business. I'm a businessman and really uh, the money in my bank account gives me more security than my God in heaven. Uh, Basically, what I'm saying is emotionally, I'm tied 
more to the success of my business than I am to God and his character and his love for me. When things go well in my business, I tend not to need God as much. I tend not to think about God as much. I tend not to even engage with God much or think that I need to pour into God much because my God, which is my business, is taking care of all those emotional needs. So having a counterfeit God that goes well leads me to not need God at all. On the other hand, having a counterfeit God that goes bad, I'm a businessman in the exact same scenario, uh, and I don't put my trust in God. I put my trust in my business, and my business tanks because the economy goes south. All of a sudden, I lose hope. I lose total hope. I can't sleep at night. Uh, I'm worried about tomorrow and the next day and the next year. Uh, I'm worried about long-term, the generations of my family who will live. Basically, my worry is showing me that I never did trust God for tomorrow or next year or the continuing generations of my family. So when I, when I, when I place my worship into a counterfeit God, in the good times I don't need God, and in the bad times I so doubt God that it shows up, man, I might not have any faith in Him at all. So it's really good to look at the things in our life that that give us confidence and say, does that is that is, is that a false God in my life? Could that be something that gives me more security than knowing that God loves me? Uh, and what are the things that when they go wrong, they make me really doubt God because they were what I was counting on for my security in the first place, not God. So it's really good to understand, like we did in the message, most of the foreign gods in Israel's time, they were backup plants. Like it was, they were there just in case God would fail them. But that doesn't show much faith in a God if you have to have a backup plan for him. That's a great reminder. Uh, Jacob, in his lifetime, he he set up different pillars, and you see that in you see that in a lot of stories in biblical times, where individuals will set up pillars, um, physical places like stones and rocks, and stack them on top of each other. And, and it was a good reminder of the people when they would walk by and they would see this pillar, like this was a place where God moved in our lives in significant ways. Ways. Um, can you share with us a few significant spiritual moments that have impacted your life, Christian, and places that you've built up symbolic pillars? And, and how do these pillars relate to our Family Strong series? Sure. So 500 years from now, an archaeologist was looking at the places that I lived and trying to figure out where I had a God moment in my life. Uh, there, there would be a pillar set up in a little town in southern Ohio called Bainbridge, Ohio, where I got on my knees with my mom and dad at my front couch and um, and I invited Jesus to have control of my life for the first time, ask him to forgive me of my sins and give me eternal life, connect me to God. There there would certainly be one um, in Wheelersburg, Ohio, another town in southern Ohio, where as a sixth grader, I felt like God was calling me to be a pastor. I didn't understand what it meant, but I just felt like God was impressing on my heart. I was supposed to be in ministry. There would be one in Crawfordsville, Indiana, where between my junior and senior years of high school, I realized at a fellowship of Christian athletes football. Ball camp that as a Christian, I was responsible to tell my friends about Jesus and to help them connect with him in a way that would change their life. Uh, and that summer of my life, when I finally became a witness, I, you know, I'd been a follower of Jesus all my life, but never a witness. Uh, that would, that would be a huge one for me. Uh, obviously at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, when God changed my major from, from wanting to be a coach and a history teacher to going into ministry, that would be a big God moment for me. Uh, and then in South Korea, when, when I was at a pastor's conference and God spoke to me and 
said you're supposed to pour your life in the next season into this thing called Journey Church International. You know, those would all be pillars that if I set up a pillar that could last for five centuries, people could uncover them and say, okay, so this is where... Christian had that God moment. The question I find myself asking now in this family strong series is, is there a pillar in my current house, in my current neighborhood? Like are all the great God moments of my life in my past or are they current? Are they in my present? Uh, and, and do my kids see them and do my kids know about them? And as a family, are we experiencing God moments or are we just coasting on a faith that was built in the past that looks to the future, but isn't right now experiencing God moments. So, you know, I've got some great moments in my past, but I, I care more about my present and the pillars that I can set up with my son and with my daughter and with my wife that aren't, you know, moments where where I experience God, but moments where we experience God and together we set up four pillars so that someone 500 years from now could say, man, that wasn't where Christian experienced God. That's where Christian and Daniel and Christian and Casey, they all had a God moment. So I love that Jacob set up this pillar. I love that they did that in the Old Testament. And I love to look in my past and see them, but I'm challenged in my present to make sure my family has these moments together. Christian, thank you. And, uh, I know with a message series that's entitled Family Strong, there may be some individuals that say, well, I don't have a husband, I don't have a wife, I don't have kids, so why is it important for me to listen and stay in tune with this Family Strong series? Maybe you want to just take a brief moment and address those individuals that might be thinking that. Sure. Well, that totally makes sense for people to be thinking that. And I said in this message, when you look at the group of people who comes back to church or resets spiritually most for themselves and not from others, it's singles. Singles don't come back to church because for the most part, their marriage is struggling or they need help with their kids. Singles come because God is tugging their heart. So I believe that some of the most on fire, committed, available Christians are the single people in our church. And I talked about our plans to minister better to singles uh, as a church as we move forward. But the reality is as much as I want to lead my family, I can't make spiritual decisions for my wife or my kids. I can only make spiritual decisions for me. So this whole series, Family Strong, is about a single person making a decision that they are going to live in a way that follows Jesus and puts him at the center uh, and loves their family well. And a single person can do that without a a husband and kids or wife and kids. A single person can decide, listen, I'm going to live for Jesus in this way. Uh, And if I have a family one day... This is the direction that we're heading because God has spoken to me. And even single people, for the most part, have, you know, parents, siblings. Um, we have uh, Christian, fa- you know, spiritual family. Uh, we have community family. So th- this can be applied to any group of people, but it all starts in the hearts of a single person like Jacob who said, I'm going to reset. And, and I'd like you to come with me. Uh, but ev- really, every message is for a single person to make a single commitment. And if we can get families to do, to do that together, that's awesome. But if even just one dad does it, just one mom, um, just one child, we pray that that will ignite family, spiritual family, and community. 
This is going to be a great series. And thank you for listening to Activate. If this podcast has challenged and encouraged you in any way, would you tell somebody about it? Subscribe to it on iTunes or Google Play and, and just help us spread the word. We'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. As you heard in this episode, Christian answered several questions from some of our listeners. You might have a question you'd like to ask as well. To submit that question, all you need to do is send us an email to activate at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes. Also, share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.